Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Um, so, um, yeah. I mean, it's been a month. Since, what is it now? It's November the 8th. It's been over a month since the Hamas attacks. Mm-hmm. Eventually, you start to think about moving on. I mean... Uh, um, well, it's not really moving on. It's more... Nothing on the front page. Front page of the Times today. Literally, five things on the front of the, uh, of the paper today. Gulp, British women of the world's biggest binge drinkers. Good morning, Esther. <laughs> um... <laughs> Above that, my liaison with Barbara, what Streisand told me, cool jeans, how to wear your pair, be bold on tax, stories urge hunt, and police resist calls to ban march. Nothing about Gaza. I mean, technically, well, the te- march the story. The march is technically But gone. yeah, no, they moved on, you flip through the paper, and there's Princess Diana and Harry, and, you know, ads for Selfridges, or what, well, Captain that, that is, that Tom, is... you know. I'm just saying, it's not... We had this situation where I was wrestling with the fact that the Middle East is unavoidable. Now I'm thinking I could write about something else, but I'm having a weird... The only thing is, there's no... How does one put this? Column writing is... I've done some decent columns on this. Are you feeling like that journalist in The Quiet American? Oh, no. Go on, explain. So The Quiet American, isn't the whole thing about The Quiet American is that one of the storylines in it is that there is this the foreign correspondent, an American foreign correspondent who's stationed in Vietnam. And Vietnam is very quiet. Nothing really happens right. there. And then suddenly the Vietnam War breaks that's out. Very, and he a... suddenly has this kind of purpose and a renaissance because he's this kind of... It's a little bit like Julie Bindel and, the, uh, and trans issues. You know, Julie Bindel was kind of just pottering along sort of minding her own business and then the trans stuff came along and she's had this massive career renaissance um yes i suppose yeah so what i'm going to say is that i got my, my pieces have been widely read they've been put on the front page i've got two thousand comments on each one people talk about them people talk about them on twitter in a nice way i've read i've found myself you know we this this whole podcast has been about what what's the topic do i do this do i do that? how do i make that funny all my worries about Am I funny enough? How can I make this a joke? They've got they've got people being serious all around me. Uh, how how much of it? And then this I've written about important things and it's I've really enjoyed it. So it's like sh- sh- should I should I turn my back on this and write about well, wither s- Bart Simpson now that Homer isn't strangling him anymore? It's very you know? sad circumstances in which you find yourself to be to to have a well not in a renaissance because you never went anywhere, but it's a very it's a sad situation to find yourself popular in. 
But yes. rather than rather than yay, the war has been good to no, me. No, no, I think no. it's I mean, more like I I have this purpose and I have people who I need to speak to who want to hear what I've got to well, say. Also, and as a writer, there really is nothing better than that. I mean, that's what you're trying to do. You're just trying to communicate with people. And it's it's like it's like when cricket comes along, and I already know my right. cricket. The thing about for any Jewish writer, we've thought we tend to we've tended to, and indeed any Arab writer, I, I guess, we have tended certainly Jews though, to have thought about Israel a bit more, to have read it all along, to remember the various events in the past, and mm-hmm. when this leaps up, unlike having to quick hastily be an, an expert, mm-hmm. like we journalists have to be. It's something I've got a bit of background, a bit of hinterland. I have something a bit more to say. I noticed me Hugo wrote a really good piece uh, a couple of days ago. Hugo Rifkind. Uh, they put his one on the front page. He got two thousand comments. I was a bit jealous. <laughs> Wait a minute, what about? And I don't have a column on like a Monday or whenever it was. But mm. you also, Wizard of the Times isn't short of good Jewish writers with something to say. Mm-hmm. So anyway, I thought maybe one would. So you're I, thinking... So, so but I also wanted to... Sorry, yeah, you know, because last week we talked about moving to New Zealand. I just want to say as a parenthesis, uh, we were talking about moving to New Zealand. Um, and that column did very well. Um, and I just want to give a shout out to a listener called Paul Leconte. Caffeinated, hypermediated, leftist designer, photographer, sad devotion to typefaces, Everton and UK indie music... Um, I love it when I when I have someone with actual leftist in their bio yeah. says they like me because you know that's great. Um, Brock tweet, tweeting from Ati, I'm going to pronounce Ati New Zealand. Mm-hmm. I listened to the best podcast by at Giles Corrin today from a few days ago that I'm going to talk about in the morning when I'm not so bloody knackered. Damn you two are good people, he says. Brackets just quietly for Esther. Nelson in New Zealand has same sunshine hours as Monaco and Shards. Told I don't, you. don't know what Shards is. Nelson. I'm writing it down. Nelson. Nelson, New Zealand has the sunshine. He says, um, uh, and then he's tweeted again, New Zealand clacks on. I've always maintained that no one swears quite as eloquently as the British. Had me giggling on the five-hour drive home tonight, but so pointed about the Middle East. And he's awake now. I think he's just getting up or something. But I want to say shout out to Paul. Sorry we were a bit mean about New Zealand. <laughs> I wasn't. No, you weren't. I'll be knocking on your door. Paul. Esther's coming to... I'm uh, coming. I'm coming for you. Yeah. So, you know, I'm being heard in New Zealand writing about the Middle East. New, Ze- I, New Zealanders like us. Kiwis like us. Kia ora, New Zealand. Here Dave, we come. What does that mean? Kia ora, Hi. Good morning. Is it orange drink? Ki- no, that's kia ora. What did you say? Kia ora. Kia. Yeah, K-I-A-O-R-A. Kia ora. That's the orange drink. No, kia ora. No, no, no. The orange I'll be drink. your dog. Yes. The orange drink culturally appropriated the word for hello, good morning, greetings. In- I will not. And it's spelled K-I dash... No, it's not... It hasn't got an A in it. K-I-A dash O-R-A. Okay, just check. Kia And you think it's I'll not, be your dog. And it's got Kia nothing or- to do with New Zealand? I don't think so. Kia ora is a Maori language greeting which has entered New Zealand English. It translated literally as have life. Kia ora orange drink, though. I think it was... Advert. And it's very cute, but if you look at the kid, oh yes, the kid's not from New Zealand. The kid is uh, a culturally appropriated from Somewhere Central else? Africa, yeah, wearing. A... Great ad. That is a the the advert is a hideous mashup of cultural stereotypes, things pinched from all over the place. Anyway, 
Kia ora. To Me- all our means, New Zealand friends. Hi in New Zealand. Um, so, what should we talk about then? Uh, I had my thought about being Jewish as a ripoff, which. Yes, I did really like being Jewish. Well, being a secular Jew is a ripoff. Why don't you expand on what you meant? Because everyone's talking about the Jewish community are upset. And they were talking on Times Radio. They they were saying, uh, you know, these these marches. I I don't have a strong feeling. The the, 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 the marches, the rallies, there's lots of good people on them. There's some middling people on them. There's probably some Hamas supporting anti-Semites on them. Tommy Robinson is apparently going along to defend the cenotaph. But I the idea that he should be a friend of the Jews, I don't know. He's literally mm. Tommy Robinson. Is it the EDL, is he? The English Defence? So, yeah. He's just been allowed back on Twitter. The first thing he's tweeted, oh, I'm going down the cenotaph to mm-hmm. Kisa Meads. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so whether or not... But anyway... Well, in, were, the same, in the same way that... Um, a lot of women on the left who found themselves uh, gender critical mm. were so, have been sort of forced in the into the arms of the right. I think British Jews do have to be a bit wary of, the idea that uh, of effort, yeah. aligning themselves with people who will seek to defend. Jews just because they don't like Muslims is quite that's you've got to be well, to be flattered that. that Tommy likes us a bit more than he likes yeah yeah that is that is a Aaron. that is a really that that is a that is a the slightly queasy compromise that we've seen with um feminists on on the left and also kind of it kind of bubbles up in this issue as well the, the okay. enemy of my enemy we'll is my all friend the friends you know. we can get frankly, but. So, the, but so so anyway so and they were saying on things that there's some um, there's going to be these uh rallies on, on the weekend saturday and sunday not necessarily armist day will it be at the senator blah 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 and they're quite threatening and jews uh, uh are afraid to go onto town with a rally like that and i'm gonna think i'm a jew i'm afraid to go into town whatever they're rallying about i mm-hmm. find rallies in themselves frightening mm-hmm. but they talk about the threats to the jewish community and the jews are feeling this and jews are feeling that and you have this vision of these jews all sitting around together going oh i don't like the look of this mm-hmm. um but unfortunately, I don't have that. I you mean, have I, spoken for a few years now about feeling a bit deracinated, is the way that you describe it, because you from the from the from the Latin radex radici, meaning root, and deracinate you take pluck it mm-hmm. by the root. So your parents decided basically to not be Jewish. You didn't have a bar mitzvah. You're a secular Jew. I did not convert to marry you. We got married in a church. We celebrate Christmas. We do not celebrate any of the high or holy days. We don't go to synagogue. We're not Jewish. But, and on the one hand, that's much more straightforward. But on the other hand, it does make you feel a, a little sad sometimes. It's just, it's just a bit of a rip-off because I don't, I can't, Pray. I can't. Baruch Atah Adonai Eloheinu. End of everything. <laughs> and that's it. That's my five words. I can go and you mutter, and I have no. I can't read anything. So it, I, the point, although, so my Jewishness at a time like this it sets me apart. It's not as grisly as it felt a couple of weeks ago, but mm. it, it sets me apart. It requires me to take a position on the Middle East, mm. which I don't really have a dog in the fight. People go, oh, you must have, there must be friends who've been kidnapped. Like, oh, nope. I've never met anyone who's even been to Israel. I no. don't know. Uh, and, um, uh, and so there's all that kind of thing. And, you're, and I didn't mind being drawn into the fight or the, the verbal fight because it, it gave me some sort of identity. I was quite proud to say, look, here I am part of this Jewish community. But outside of that... 
you know, I've, I've written this intermittent column in the Jewish Chronicle about trying to cook my way back into the faith because mm-hmm. I can cook a cholent and a gefilte fish and a chicken soup and I have that and I maybe give my children some of that. But I'm the end of the line. It's a ripoff. It's depressing. I'm not passing on anything of it to my children. Uh, we do not have a Friday night dinner. You do not have that slightly cosy embattled Jewish thing we've had it round at my uncle and aunt's that feeling when my uncle Andrew will do the prayers over the, the bread and everything and we'll, I'll wear a yarmulke for a minute and we'll uh, anything and then I have to leave or if I go to a bar mitzvah I'm going to a bar mitzvah next weekend I'm, I'm available only for the party not for the for the bit in the shul mostly but I'm taking Sam to some football but also I feel so alienated in a shul and this mm-hmm. is a big one up in Elstree or Borenwood or somewhere because I go there and there's oh, 400 people in there, women sitting separately, lots of people I know and recognise. Time to break. They hand me a book and I know I have to open it from the back, but I don't know what page because it's all funny letters. So people have to sort of reach over my shoulder and tut and point to the the ripple of the pages as they turn to where we're meant to be. I, I was wearing my yarmulke last time I went to a bar mitzvah and one of the kind of the shul marshals, the guys who make sure everything, came and handed me a, a prayer shawl. She put this on. I'm whispering because it's all going on. I don't want to put it on. I don't know how to. Just put it on. People feel uncomfortable. Off. I've come to this fucking shul to show support for my cousin because I'm part of her. I'm not telling me I'm making people feel uncomfortable. And I'm wearing this fucking hat, which I feel is going to fall off all the time. It's not funny. It's, it's it, terrible. You can go to shul and create a stink. No, but it? I didn't mean to. I was trying to sit at the back no, and you just. Never mean I've got to, representing do you? my dead father who could do all of this stuff. When my father, anyway, so he hands me the prayer shawl, which is a big like silk thing with a blue trim, yeah. And he hands it to me. Now I remember my father putting on his, and he would kiss the four corners of it. There's nothing more Jewish than a bald man kissing the four corners of the piece of fabric, and then fold it in some special way, put it over his shoulders. I just flung it over myself like I'd had a shower, <laughs> and, and everyone looking at me and I'm and I'm wearing a prayer shawl and there's a sort of all I, I kept thinking of the cloak of invisibility in is that the Harry Potter thing yeah. and it's like I put it on I'm wearing a suit and I put this thing on and I look like such a twat Jew? no I don't look like a Jew that's the thing they all look like Jews they're all slightly hunched with their big noses and they're properly oh, no I'm kidding I've got a big nose too but they're they're no I, that's the whole point I, I look all wrong the Jews will wear their yarmulke their, or their kippot as they'll call it like if you, I, you can't put it on the top of your head because you then you look... Well, that's No, but the, the super square nerdy Jews wear it like right at the top. And then if you're more rakish, you wear so it So I want to wear it to the back, but it slides off. So you then need a hairpin. Yeah. I don't think hairpins are very manly. So I just feel very <laughs> uncomfortable in a shul. Uh, and, yet un- and yet out of a shul, people are offering sympathy for the thing. And I'm just saying, I'm getting ripped off. I, if I could go to the shul and say... Just to, to, to characterise Yiddish in a... Uh, it's the only language I'm allowed to make fun of in, in that way. I, I could go and say Baruch Adonai. Oh, that's it. Uh, and, then, and then they say, it's like, it's the same thing in a church. I'm, I don't want to take communion in case I get struck by No, but neither do I. And no, I'm an Anglican. Yeah, but they don't make you wear some weird thing. And so I then put it on and, and I say, I don't know how to put it on. They just put it on anyway. You're making people feel uncomfortable. I'm in this room full of Jews. They're off. making me feel uncomfortable. Yeah, they're ticking you off. Yeah. Yes, I know. But that's the I felt pl- Palestinian. I felt completely surrounded right. by these Jews who right. thought I shouldn't really be here doing the wrong thing. Right. Um, and but that is one of the things that is one of the central things about, about Judaism. And it's why there aren't very many Jews in this country. I think there are only 200,000 Jews in this country who say, you know, I am Jewish on a, on a form. It's because Jews are not interested in converts. No, no. They're really so they, not. But they, but they want to include me in their thing. So they love me 
being a Jew because there aren't that many famous Jews or whatever in the public eye Jews sort of yeah, right? just you Jew. and Maureen so I put this thing on and I'm sitting there and everyone's kind of looking at me and giggling at me like the children the little Jewish kids oh, he doesn't know how to put on his thing I had to wear this borrowed thing and I thought God can sort of see me from up there the God in whom I do not believe is looking down at Borenwood Synagogue seeing them all doing the right thing and this one idiot wearing his thing like inside out back to front I felt such a fool mm. and and this is about this rip off I've got nowhere I, the Jews think I'm useless the, everybody else thinks I'm a Jew I don't get to be part of a Jewish community nobody wants me in Israel I don't have relatives mm. I can go and visit when, when I talk about when I talk about Jews not wanting uh, con- converts they don't want converts they want they want Jews to kind of be more Jewish but they don't want like me to be Jewish I always think I will I've always thought oh, I'll learn some Hebrew and just like get a bit Jewish and then I go to shul and feel alienated and don't like it yeah well that I mean you, when you were because, because you know your formative years you were at Westminster and your relationship was with um, Evensong and Maisie who you kept in touch with for years Willie Booth the chaplain, Willie yeah. Booth, the chaplain. exactly oh, that's yeah. your that's your kind of religious and cultural uh, formative experience and, and that's really important that's really important and not to be sniffed at and I stood there at, at nine o'clock at night in the dark alone in front of the chaplain in Westminster Abbey and said I believe in the Holy Catholic Church the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the devil who walketh about a roaring lion, whom resists steadfast in the faith, and then he replied and everything, and that was and great. And that's what, and that, that's what brought you uh, comfort and solace and peace and, and 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 security when you were a teenager. So, and, and religion and parents and family, it's all the same thing. It's all the same, and it's very, it's not nice for you. And and I think that is an interesting subject. If you feel like it's yeah. not too, like, there, there, jewy, jewy, jew, jew, jew. Jewy, jew, 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 jew. Yeah. I do kind of... Uh... I don't, but I mean, it'd be more interesting than me talking about being an ang- being a slightly deracinated Anglican. <laughs> it's slightly more interesting than that. But there is that column there for you, and I did think that... Because I don't think that people really understand what life is like as a properly secular Jew well, in except country. the only problem is I thought this morning I opened the page and there was Melanie Phillips and there was Hugo Rifkind and Juliet Samuel oh god we are full of Jews right 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 so you and want I to wonder move on. like maybe we maybe to like take my foot off the gas with that then yeah. again how do I get on the front page on a Saturday because I love it you can't... two weeks on the trot I'm going yes I'm in sure but, but okay but wouldn't it be amazing to do it for something else You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. 
Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Plushcare.com slash weight loss. You seem to quite taken with the Barbara Streisand plus Robbie Williams fame is bad thing. Okay. Do you want to talk about that? Because you've talked about that before. You always and you you're always very um uh, uh, shocked and horrified by those endless interviews with male celebrities who say, "Oh, I was a rubbish dad. I wasn't there for my kids. I was a shit dad." I was, and you and you always think, "What is the point of being alive if you're a shit dad?" Yeah, well, you know it's coming, so so don't so so avoid it because you can never get that time back. And that's one of the few things in my life I've done right. I think uh, to, to be there, and, and I don't have anything to reproach myself for with my parenting, which is a you know yet. Uh, yes. Well, yeah, exactly. It's all to play for. Well, because yeah, still um, plenty of time to make a mess of them. Um, no, but it was the Barbara Streisand takeout of this thing. Was I haven't had much fun in my life. Yeah. And before the Robbie Williams story came along, which is about it's a documentary, isn't it, on television about his kind of collapse? And he says this thing that fame. And he said in an interview with Catelyn last week that that the uh, that fame is. Uh, fucks you up mm. and no one no one's come out of it I mean the the exact quote being uh, and, and, and we, it's probably not the thing I would most um, focus on but here we go so he, he, do you think Catelyn Moran writes um, that that's a prerequisite for being creative um, is that why people do it because they have mental health problems mm. and Robbie he stares at me yeah of course full stop he stares at me again of course and if they don't have mental health problems at the beginning, they do by the end. No mm. one gets a free pass in the extreme fame game. No one comes out the other side well-adjusted and happy and mentally well, name me one. Mm. So, but that came along after. But Barbara Streisand, to begin with, is saying, I haven't had much fun in my life. And I thought, I thought, it's like, who has? It's like, really run with the, what is fun? How much fun is there? Have you had any fun? Um, what does she mean by fun? I think she just means, I was really struck when she says, there was a quote from her that says something like, even after all these years, I'm still so hurt by the criticism and I don't believe any of the praise. And like, whoa, that's really, that's really, really hard. Well, they told her... She's 81, she's 81 and the people were so mean about the way that she looked. They were so mean about her nose and they were so mean about all of this stuff. And at 81, she still thinks... God, they were so mean to me. And even after, you know, just TVs and musicals and films and enormous success, she still can't believe the praise. But, but isn't the, the nature of her uh, iconism and her huge appeal, and it's mm. like a huge appeal to gay men and yeah. stuff. It's like, it, 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 she's still alive, you know. She has the Liza Minnelli tragic centre, which makes right, her so but identifiable. Right, yeah. but, but she's she's still there. No, listen, so look, there's, we could go on with her big wang. We've done it before. You know, mental health issues and fame. Robbie Williams and fame. Yes, my feet. of course they're all mad. It's partly to do with what you have to do to become that famous. So Tim Cook's very famous. He won't have mental health issues because he's got there by being a nerd. To get sort of uber fame, really, mostly, music, you know, pop star, acting, presenting TV you have to be as you said of me in a very small way you have to be a psychopath you know when I was doing telly to blot out everything else go give everything that you have and I'm just presenting incredibly dull BBC uh, uh, sort of entertainment reality shows Um, but to to, to give a pop music performance to to hold a big live event together you've got to have ah, you've got to be absolutely fucking mental 
whether you're whether you're Jonathan Ross or or, or um, Jerry Springer or, or, or Lady Gaga, whoever that might be, or Leonardo DiCaprio, to do that you've got to be mental. And then the fame that you get, what you get for that, that that personality type makes you uniquely uniquely unsuited for what fame is, which yeah. is fickle. And fame gets you up and then it plummets. And then Robbie Williams is in, take that, and then he's out and it's all terrible. And there's nothing to do, (sighs) nothing to do but smack and fags and booze. And then you do Millennium or whatever. You do your solo career. Well, he teams up with Guy Chambers. Whatever he does, he goes up and he becomes famous and then he's okay. And and you try and hold it all together and then it gets taken away from you. It just does and you crash again. Um, And... uh, it, it, so there is a, and, and that's a sort of a thing with saying with Barbara Streisand it's just I thought I would take it as a jumping off point to be having fun I've not had much fun have you how much fun should you have mm-hmm. have you had much fun in your life me yeah um, yeah I think I have but, but my but my what I think of as fun there are some people in the world who can guarantee fun they go right I need these people in this situation, with this kind of, with these sort of, you know, accessories, and we will have fun. I'm not really able to do that. I'm not really able to manufacture fun. But I am open to fun, and when there is a situation that is fun, I try to be in the moment and have fun. But I'm not, I, I, I'm not one of those people who's like, uh, we will go to this pop concert and we will have fun. So, or, you know, but, but this is the and there's the quandary. This is interesting. This is interesting because we both know, don't we, that we wouldn't have fun at a pop concert. So at any pop concert, and I see these, and I have we have friends like Katie, Katie and Oz go to things, and and you know Emma Tucker, the the, the, the editor of the Wall Street Journal, my mate who was ed, who was editor of the Times, and editor of the Sunday Times, of course. She's, she's in New York and she posts and she's endlessly going to these amazing concerts and her, her sons go and hang with her. And you go, and, you, and you, I briefly go, oh, what fun. Oh, no, I'd be so lonely and miserable. I wouldn't be lonely and miserable. I'd be stressed. Glastonbury comes around every oh year God. and these people in there. No, no, it's what is it that Barbara Streisand has there? Because fun, really, I'm going to say um, after supper, children on their iPads, no column to do in the morning, things a bit chilled, log burner going in the bedroom sitting in that nice long comfy chair reading a book with a cup of tea no, that is fun 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 and someone phones up and says I, you know, uh, as it was with Harry and Meghan are in trouble for a private jet for yes, a one night gig Katy Perry in Las Vegas the fact I go no 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 sorry I've just finished chapter three mm. I'm going to make some more tea and read chapter four mm. there's nothing about getting on a private jet with a load of other fuckheads and flying to Vegas to watch Katy Perry. No, I can see technically I should have done it because it would make Richard Bacon jealous because he has an enormous amount of fun, my friend Richard Bacon, who's in Hollywood having an amazing time and he's got all those kind of problems with ADHD and entertainment and got to have fun all the time and if I haven't got fun, oh my God, am I doing it? I mean, you know, all those things. Richard Bacon is perceived by everyone who knows him to have more fun than anybody else. But, But how much fun is it if you're different what is fun I mean I, that would be very popular what is fun That's the, would it get me on the front page or do I have to pretend maybe I mean that's what, that, who was it that said that work is more fun than fun I think it was Noel Coward uh, I mean, you don't want to sl- slump into sort of cliches like that. I mean, that's my job. But... No, no, no. Yeah, no. And you did it. You did it well. But, but the, but it... I, th- I, I, I have to say, I have to say, doing a fun piece of work is more, is more fun than anything else. When I sit down and write a column, and I'm not sure how it's going, in about third paragraph, I mm. tell a joke which is like true and funny. I get up, 
and I clap and I go, yes, it's pathetic, isn't it? And then you're uh, having fun. And I pace around and I look forward to sitting down at my... It's like this podcast is about trying to come up with an idea for a column. And if I can come up with a good enough idea that I can actually do it for the column, I'd probably go and have lunch uh, and have a really great afternoon. A friend of mine had a 60th birthday party recently and... I, I, I just, it was in Oxford and I haven't, couldn't get a babysitter and my wife couldn't have come with me. It's all week people have been posting pictures of this party and it looks mm. great. I think I wouldn't have had fun. So what, so, I, so maybe alternative fun, what I think is fun. Yeah. Now here's fun. Now this is what's really fun. Here's fun. So, hey, wait, think, go, go, dear Barbara, think you've never had fun? I bet you have. I bet you have had fun, but other people told you it wasn't fun. Oh, that's a good idea. Something like everyone tells you, like, like for example... Did you, were, yeah, first of all, get out of, the, out of the way. Oh, Barbara, do you mean fun like going to parties where yeah. no one knows who you are and just dancing till dawn? Because that's yeah. not fun. No. Or do you mean fun as having just a really good clear out of your knicker drawer and just buying some nice fresh pants? I won't say knicker drawer because I shouldn't lecture an 80-year-old woman about her knickers. Sorry, but the, oh, obviously be... I can only talk right about it from my point of view and I would obviously be entitled to talk to her about her knicker drawer. You know. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> but you could, but you could, but it would be funnier... If you said, do you mean fun well, like going to parties? Wait, don't interrupt me. No, but you mustn't, because it makes you sad when you listen back to it and you've just got blah, 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 blah. <laughs> it would be funnier if you were addressing Barbara Streisand and you said, do you mean fun like going to parties, Barbara, or do you mean fun like bleeding the radiator or like defrosting the fridge? Turning or the compost. Turning the compost. <laughs> Barbara, have you never gone outside and pissed on the roses there in winter? There we go, exactly. And then just to give them those nitrates. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, it, so what's funny there is the is the clash between super glamour, gay icon Barbara Streisand and turning the compost. So that's where, and that's very you kind of joke and you humour. I like that one. I think that's good. You've been listening to Giles Corrin Has No Idea with me, Giles Corrin. And me, Esther Walker. To find out what I wrote about in the end, pick up a copy of the paper or treat yourselves to a digital subscription. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewellery that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love and be confident that every inch, stitch, sole and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms.